the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Hi, Travis. Travis is calling in live from Ohio. Hey. Fernando is with me as well. Hi, Ben. Hi, Travis. Hola. How was Christmas, everybody? How was your Christmas? Was it fun? Did you have fun? Was it not miserable? Was it fun? <laughs> it was cool. so fun. How was your Christmas, Ben? I spent it in Florida. <laughs> yeah, the ding-dong state. It has an STD. Whoa. I don't know what's wrong with the people. I've never said this before. Sometimes I have said it, so I just lied. But whatever. Right. Florida needs God. Florida <laughs> needs to find God. They need to connect back with God. Whatever wow. you think it is, whatever you think God might be, Florida needs to get back down. They mm-hmm. need to take a noon break, look up <laughs> to the sun, and say, "Where God, it's me. Florida, Bob, Florida, (laughs) please, Lord, recognize me again, because I don't know what's wrong with that state. But anyway, it was quite intriguing. It's because it's downhill, maybe like it's at the bottom. You know, everything rolls downhill. Right. Shit rolls downhill. Maybe I had a great time, though, (laughs) to one place called Ocean Mist Pub. Ooh. And there was a gal that worked there. Her name was Diane. And she was a wonderful gal. She was a Colombian gal. And I was there for about four hours drinking my Bud Lights, watching football. And I must say, the abuse that she had to receive at the hands of the drunkards of Florida, (sighs) uh, you know what I had to do? Mm. I had to say, sir, you're being very rude, sir. And I had to become a bouncer once again, as if I was right back in New York City. Because, you know, I bounced in New York. Mm -hmm. I bounce a little bit more now in L.A., if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Is it better or worse than what she went through in Colombia? I don't know, bro. It seemed pretty horrible, but whatever. That's Florida for you. Hope everyone had a uh, a fine time and stayed as safe as humanly possible. I also had a couple of flights canceled, but you mm-hmm. know what? I always just say hands to God. What are you going to do? <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. There you go. Because yeah, I always fantasize if my flight's canceled or if I like miss my flight, I'm like, that flight's going to crash. Right, right, right. <laughs> because that's it's what It's a happened. sign. It's a sign. That's what happened with Seth MacFarlane and a couple of other people on 9-11. I think Michael Jackson was supposed to be in the towers, as oh. a matter of fact, but he overslept. See, there's something about people we are very talented. We've all seen they Final oversleep. Destination. We've all seen Final Destination. We've all seen it. Well, speaking <laughs> of Final Destination, what is the Final Destination for this country? <laughs> Who the hell knows what track we're on right now? I'm optimistic, but it's not exactly looking great in many ways, specifically when it comes down to the politics. We'll talk about it. Donald Trump and his own people are flipping mm. on each other. And I think this is sort of adorable. It's kind of fun. It's the <laughs> Mean Girls Club. It's tough. It's tough to stay in the click. It's tough to stay cool, especially in this world of vaccinations. With Donald Trump, of course, wanting to tout Operation Warp Speed, where he got the uh, vaccine out as quick as humanly possible, or at least according to the administration. And to some degree, uh, Merck and Pfizer would attest to that. Right. Uh, He said about, what was it, four or five months it took, nine months, whatever the hell it was. Mm -hmm. So he wants to politically claim victory, being like, hey, look what I did. I got all this vaccine. But unfortunately, there's a huge contingency of his base who fucking hate the vaccine, (laughs) which is the biggest thing that he technically did, uh, at least in 2020. Uh, So what do you guys think when it comes to Candace Owens, Alex Jones, Fox, I had too much chili. I forgot who the president was. (laughs) What do you think it means when you have your Candace Owens and your Alex Joneses of the world? 
two larger mouthpieces for Donnie and whatever mission he's on, flip on him. Well, I think we talked about it earlier this year. I mean, that was something when when Trump made a public speech and said he was vaxxed, he got booed. I mean, that was months and months ago. No, I take it back. I said I was fat. I said I was <laughs> oh, fat. I did not okay. say vaxxed. All right. All right, Mr. President. We believe you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I saw a fascinating article here in Ohio where I've been here the last few weeks. And my God, it looks like the the death rates from COVID are higher in counties that Trump won. This is a mm. report that came out of the Akron Beacon Journal here in Ohio, but it applies to several different states where they've done the studies. And so it kind of taps into what I felt I said a couple of months ago when we talked about this. There are significant and factual reports being shown that Trump voters, counties where Trump won, have higher death rates from COVID. And you got to mm-hmm. just wonder that maybe just some inkling of humanity is kicks in and old Donnie's head is like, oh, my God, all my voters are dying. <laughs> and it's like, how do you say that? How do you stop that? You go out, you tell them you're vaxxed and tell them that. They should get vaxxed, and what do they do? They're going to boo you. So I don't know. It's a catch-22. It really is a catch-22. Um, of course, many of those voters don't read books such as that, but then again, <laughs> nor did I, so I can't really uh, get on my high horse too much on that front. He's literally losing voters to COVID, unless, of course, the rumors are true yeah. and the dead can vote. <laughs> but I have a feeling that's not the case. But now he also has sort of kneecapped himself when it comes to criticizing the Biden administration. Because mm. no one's thrilled with old Joe. Mm-hmm. No. no one is like, thank you so much for having more people die in 2021 than 2022. We didn't think we could do it, Joe. <laughs> and gosh darn it, you made it possible. We did it, Joe. We, we did, did it. it. He has 500 million uh, testing kits coming out, apparently, right. that's going to be received by people. Of course, the testing kit is one of those things where 500 million you get tested multiple times in a week if you're an actor, if you're a teacher, if you're in an any, athlete, right, if right. you're an athlete, if you're in the airline industry. Mm-hmm. So 500 million. Well, that sounds like everyone's going to get one and a half of them. <laughs> That's so much. It's Ugh. nothing. Literally, that could be two days worth mm-hmm. if you're in one of these professions. Biden himself has said the federal government can't solve COVID and it's a state's issue, which is like, thank you for kicking it to the states once again, because God knows these governors are nailing it. (laughs) So if you're Trump, one of the great things you could tout is, yeah, I'm a fucking maniac, but look how less people died in 2020 than 2021. And if he tries to do that, he gets booed by his own base. And (laughs) obviously no one else gives a crap. No one else wants to hear it. Right. So he's completely... Uh, negated one of the biggest things that he could be campaigning on because don't forget he is campaigning never won't be campaigning i just think that's one of the ironies of this entire situation this is what happens when i'm going to say i'm going to say the politically incorrect way this is what happens where you shit where you eat he poisoned Mm. the well Well, now, I have been known to eat some chips on the toilet, and I must say this, it's not like you're crapping out of your hands. You're being efficient. You're being efficient. What Trump was doing, though, is- I also understand it's completely disgusting, and I'm a total maniac, and I'm excited for dry January. (laughs) He poisoned the well. He did this to himself. He set himself up for this, and- uh, now that you're now that you're out of office, now that you don't have all these millions of people's lives in your hands, now you have a conscience. Now you 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 believe in science and the vaccines. Oh, there's work? no conscience at play whatsoever here. I really think he would have died without the vaccine. 
Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. a person like Donnie, not to do any, uh, you know, backseat uh, psychological review, but someone like that only understands things once they personally feel them. There's right. no empathy. Mm. There's no ability to um, like look at someone suffering and be like, that looks horrible. I'm going to try to avoid whatever that was or whatever it might be. He knows it when he feels it because he isn't strange to say he's kind of an emotionally He's emotionally intelligent in very bizarre ways. Mm, yeah. In right. almost like the inverse nefarious sense. Mm. So I think as soon as he got it, he realized the vaccine saved his life. He can't. He, the man cannot tell. It's like Lizzie Borden when we covered Lizzie <laughs> Borden, where it's like there's no way she killed her parents, but there's no way she didn't kill her parents. Right. And for Donald, <laughs> there's no way he can't tell the truth, but there's no way he can tell the truth. Right. So if he really like at some at some point, he's just going to blurt out what he actually thinks. And uh, he was surprised, I think, by the reaction from the people who attended the history tour with he and Bill O'Reilly to the point where he almost cried. Oh, my God. I can't believe that man has that kind of emotion in him. But I do think you're absolutely right. Mark Meadows said that that Trump had it worse than they admitted, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that he even had it probably during that that second debate or that first debate he had with Joe Biden. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing. He literally was like, Joe, come a little closer. (laughs) Right. He's like trying to to kiss him. He's trying to grab him by the (laughs) But that's what's crazy, because I don't even remember him sniffing at the debates in 2020. But the debates in 2016, Donald Trump was a sniff machine. My God, the amphetamines. Right. It must have been. Uh, This is according to uh, Candace Owens. Again, I hate to even quote anything that she says because she's such a political grifter. Her, the Lincoln Party, or the Lincoln Project. Now there's a new uh, Kingslinger out of Chicago, out of Illinois. He has a new, I guess, moderate Republican um, faction that he's trying to form. It's called um, Country First, which sounds Ooh. a lot like America First, which sounds a lot like a Donnie supporter. So again, <laughs> maybe trying to take a play from the Youngkin playbook and uh, give some ends to Trump supporters while also attempting to distance himself from him. But this is what Owens said. She says, people sometimes forget, like, how old Trump is. Like, they, <laughs> wow. like she, she posts this on Instagram. Slam. It's just so stupid. Man, I can't believe we're here. And then she says, <laughs> like, they come from a time before TV, before Internet, before being able to conduct their own independent research. Uh, Isn't that nice? I've talked to a lot of people who conduct their own independent research. And it turns out they're horrible professors. <laughs> <laughs> but Candace and someone like Alex Jones, Alex Jones goes a little bit further than Candace Owens. And again, only mentioning these people, uh, you know, just because it's kind of fun and we're just getting off the holidays uh, on the next episode later this week. We're going to do predictions mm. for 2022. And I'll tell you one thing, whatever we get right. We will brag about in 2022, and whatever we get wrong, we just won't mention it. Isn't <laughs> Never that again. great? Never again. That's politics. Yes. <laughs> Alex Jones went a little bit further, saying, oh. uh, you want to do this quote, please? The Mediate article, uh, it's entitled, Alex Jones slams Trumps for supporting COVID-19 vaccines, called some other mm-hmm. ignorant or the most evil man who has ever <laughs> lived. I think we have Alex Jones coming in on the line here. Okay, hold on, yes. hold on. I've had a lot of chili today. A lot of chili. This was a an emergency. By the way, this happened. This episode was an emergency Christmas Day episode. Just 
Go to your family. <laughs> yeah. uh, my family doesn't speak to me anymore. Also, I can't remember their names. I keep feeding them chili. Chili. I know you did get, I know, Alex, you did get beat up by your current wife, not to make a joke about any kind of domestic uh, dispute, although so this one is kind of humorous. Uh, how did you get knocked out by your current wife? I was hopped up on supplements. And, yeah, uh, but aren't those supposed to make you stronger? Maybe you didn't yeah, take your dad. Yeah. I think she took more than I did. That's what I'm trying to say here. And I was also pretty hopped up on chili. It is Christmas after all, folks. It is, yeah. Chili, of course, a national Christmas dish. But this uh, is an emergency Christmas Day warning to President Trump. You are either completely ignorant about the so-called vaccine gene therapy you helped ram through with Operation Warp Speed, or you are the most evil man who's ever lived to push this toxic poison on the public and to attack your constituents when they simply try to save their lives and the lives of others. What you told Candace Owens is nothing but a raft of dirty lies. I'm going to space. <laughs> yeah. So that is from a political perspective. From a human perspective, it's completely and utterly stupid. But from a political perspective, Alex Jones is a mini Cronkite for the minions that support mm -hmm. you know, Donald and tactical baths and mm -hmm. uh, not remembering the names of your children. <laughs> so does this affect the vote in 2022, 2024? You know, is Donald Trump, does the, the finger of Trump as he endorses candidates? Uh, of course, he doesn't have a horrible record. He has helped get people elected. There's no denying that. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of money. Right. But does something like this, with Alex Jones turning his back and Candace Owens turning their back uh, collectively on Trump, does it carry any weight? Or is Trump still bigger than these people? And at the end of the day, they'll just move on and go back to sucking his weird teeth. <laughs> what, what stands out to me is that Trump, I think, truly believed that they were hanging on to his every word like they were during his presidency. So he thought that maybe when they when they said this, they would all suddenly go, oh, he's right. You know, and they didn't do that. They booed him. And I think that 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 alone is showing that he created this monster. He created this ship and pushed it out to sea. And now it's just going. And he's, yeah. you know, he's like that lady in the in the bow on the front. Oh. Just like he doesn't know where it's going and he think he can control it, but he can't. So I don't know. I don't think this looks good for him for elect for upcoming elections. I don't think it looks and uh, looks good for anyone who, you know, kind of touts Trump. Trump. Can there be. Would this be something for DeSantis? Now, I'm hanging out at these bars in Florida again. Mm. Read the Bible. Find religion. God, please, God. <laughs> I heard people screaming about DeSantis. Pro? Saying things like, he's the greatest governor right, in America. Right. They love this they man. Love I'm talking about these, you know, drunk blowhards at the bar. Who vote? They, vote? they do vote. They vote. So is it possible for someone like a DeSantis to out-Trump Trump and then Trump isn't Trump anymore, and DeSantis becomes the new Trump, and it's just like we're in a sequel from freaking hell. I think you're both right. I think you are both correct. I think Donald Trump did the Joker's work, right, of freeing mm. all the other criminals in mm. uh, Arkham Asylum. And then now the criminals... <laughs> And the lunatics are running the asylum. I, I agree right. with uh, Fernando that the ship is now set out to sea. We were having the same conversation uh, here in Ohio with my parents. You know, MSNBC is slowly, finally not talking about Trump as much as they now realize that the problem is bigger than Trump. You can't just pin it on one guy anymore. 
the yeah. the no. cycle the the avalanche has started the snowball is mm-hmm. rolling downhill mm-hmm. and i do wonder that if trump sits there and tries to stop it and say no 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 you're my snowball don't go anywhere all the snowflakes join together and they roll downhill msnbc was also just talking about herd immunity which they made fun of for like two years but now i guess they like it <laughs> it's funny <laughs> They didn't. They, they don't talk about Biden very much. But speaking of divisions within the Republican Party, because obviously we talk about them fairly, uh, right. you know, common conversation when it comes to the Democratic Party. They don't seem as coalesced as the Republican Party tends to seem right. on its face. But the Republican Party now, again, as we're getting into the election year of 2022, is starting to show um, that there are some differences amongst their uh, cronies and colleagues. Dan Crenshaw, a man who I do not like whatsoever, he's a Republican out of Texas, he goes against the Freedom Caucus. He called the Freedom Caucus a bunch of grifters and performance art, uh, artists. <laughs> now, the thing about Crenshaw is he did serve, he's got the eye patch, and he'll let you know uh, that he did serve because um, he's used it for his political game. Almost to the point where you wonder if he ever loved the country at all more than he loved himself. Dan Crenshaw trashed the Freedom Caucus. He talked about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, Paul Gozer, Louis Mm. Gohmert, and of course, Mo Brooks. Now, what do these people all have in common? They were all integral when it came to the January 6th insurrection. Of course, the committee led by Liz Cheney, who gets zero love from me. She's simply doing her job. And we shouldn't applaud people for not crashing the frickin' plane. It's like when the plane lands and you're like, thank you so much, pilot. It's like, you did it. That's your job. <laughs> That's, That's your, your job. job. Baseline. <laughs> Please, Lord. It's like if someone turned on this podcast and like, we just didn't talk <laughs> for an hour and a half. And they'd be like, oh, he, he didn't do it. Like, Don't no, you just do it. <laughs> right. It's your frickin' job. Ugh. So when it comes to someone like a Dan Crenshaw, who is now trying to uh, maybe get get more in the headlines and sort of remove the the headlines from people like Matt Gates again Jim Jordan who at this point has become a firebrand Matt Gates we still don't know what the hell is going to go on with Matt Gates the FBI is investigating not to sound like Rachel Maddow from 2016 to 2020 <laughs> the walls are closing in <laughs> we'll definitely know when the walls close in because there'll be grease on the side of them cuz Matt Gates's hair is so large <laughs> perhaps full of cum. We don't know <laughs> what the Republican Party is going to look like in 2022. And it's funny now right. to see Crenshaw's of the world, the Cheney's of the world, try to position themselves as the main, I don't want to say firebrand, the 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 main, uh, the, the, the head of the totem pole. Mm. The, you know, when people think of the Republican Party, Crenshaw wants them to think of him. Liz Cheney wants her to think of her, mm. uh, wants them to, you know, right. wants them to think of her. Uh, and of course, the Freedom Caucus has basically had that mantle for the past four years. When you think of the Republican Party, you think Jim Jordan, you think, you know, obviously Mitch. But you think of these really extreme people who came in with the Tea Party wave, Ted Cruz. Mm hmm. Those are the people that are currently on the tip of our tongues when you think of the Republican Party. So do you wonder if – is it possible that the Republican Party becomes the party of Cheney, becomes the party of Crenshaw, and these more you know, extremist wings within the party – of course, I don't – Crenshaw and Liz and all these people, they didn't – Liz voted for impeachment, but Crenshaw didn't. I mean he's mm-hmm. just as extreme as anyone. He's just a political freaking hack. He just wants to take these people out so, again, he can have more power. Right. But do you think this shakes anything up in 2022? 
I believe um, there's a fascinating conversation of Fareed Zakaria, which I don't usually watch. It comes on too, early, too early on Sundays for me to yeah. watch. But uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, the fantastic presidential historian, and John Meacham, another good American historian, were on and trying to explain where we are in this moment. Um, because in 1858 and 1968, the country was going in several different directions, much like we are right now. We see this break in the Republican Party, much like there was a break in the Whig Party in the 1850s. And emerging from that was the Republican Party, which at that time was a very small third political party. Abraham Lincoln was their breadwinner, obviously, 1860 mm-hmm. uh, elections. Um, and they began to get more traction, but they were an anti-slavery party. And what you saw was basically a three-way, even a four-way split in the American electorate at that time. There were people who wanted to keep the union together, but they didn't want to end slavery. There were people who wanted to end slavery and say the union be damned. And you had the same thing happening in 1968 when you had George Wallace on the ballot, and he won five southern states on the mm-hmm. uh, running on the idea of segregation. So... I think we're in a similar position right now where we have these three different political ideologies happening. You have these, you know, Democrats trying to figure out what they are. You have the Republicans, maybe the old school, more moderate Republicans who can maybe attract more independents, trying to keep th- things together on the conservative side. Again, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it's, it's still kind of nefarious and self-serving from Liz Cheney to Crenshaw. But then you have this third, you know, almost like a George Wallace wing of the Republican Party. That's taking off in its own direction. They seem to embrace fascism without fully understanding that. Mm. And it's kind of like, where do these folks end up? So that's the thing. We're kind of writing our own history. Like we can predict as much as we want on this show, just like Doris Kearns Goodwin can do on Fareed Zakaria. But we're writing our own history and we don't know how this ends. I okay. So to me, Crenshaw, he tries to make himself seem like different than the GOP. Like he's like a GOP anomaly. But when he talks, a lot of the things he says, it's he's using that Trump logic. He's saying, "Oh, I'm not like other politicians. I don't lie to you." And it's so again, he's just doing the same. He's doing the same shtick. I feel as as any Republican has been doing for a while. It's like, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm different than everybody else. Right. Of course. And if Crenshaw is uh, the man in charge of your district, sleep with one eye open. I'll tell you, you can't trust him one bit. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to that, I think that's an interesting thing. And of course, the the rift within the Democratic Party, you know, you have your more social progressives. And now, of course, we've seen someone like a Joe Manchin. Mm hmm. Uh, Biden, his biggest, his build back better. The bill um, went home and it uh, is probably going to stay there. Uh. Joe Manchin, it wasn't even about the uh, environment. It wasn't even about oil because obviously he's owned by coal. He's owned Mm by a lot of different natural resources out there in West Virginia. It was about the CTC, the child tax credit. And that to me is one of those things where you know, so we're hemming and hawing. The Republican Party, it's divided without a doubt. But I just don't see them screwing over their own president in the same way that Joe Manchin chose to screw over um, Joe mm. Biden. And this is different than John McCain giving the thumbs down. Because honestly, mm. John McCain, A, he was he understood he didn't have much time left. And B, 
uh, he fucking hated Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But Manchin and Joe aren't like that. Mm. They'll say that they they've been they were colleagues. They've known each other for decades. Manchin has been in power for so freaking long. Mm-hmm. This is not a heated relationship from any, from my understanding, from C-SPAN to, you know, Fox News. No one seems to think it's a heated relationship until this one moment where the Democrats actually had a chance to pass something that maybe could have helped out some people. Voters, again, and the reason that Manchin says no is because of the child tax credit which is just unbelievable to me that that was his motivation. So you're right, Travis. We have so many different ideologies working within a binary system, and it's just so funky to see how the Plinko chips land and where they land. Because if you would have told me that they, the Dems would have the House, they would have the Senate, and this is a watered-down bill. I mean, they didn't even do the freaking— The $3.5 trillion that they didn't Bernie originally wanted. Right. But, but one of the things that, uh, that uh, you know, Joe and Kamala promised uh, was that there was going to be loan forgiveness. Mm, That's right. not even remotely close in there. Yeah. They just said you have 90 more days to worry about all your debt. <laughs> I'm too raw to talk about that. I'm too raw that. to talk about that. So <laughs> it wasn't the most extreme thing of all time by any stretch of the uh, imagination. Right. And for them not to be able to pass that. And now we have, again, the political gamesmanship happening uh, with the Republican Party. For people that don't like politics, 2022 is going to suck. For <laughs> us, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. We got content. Because what's going to happen? Truly, the, the Republican Party is basically courting Manchin now. So yeah. it is possible that the Senate holds. Let's say the Senate does hold for the Dems and the Republicans just poach Manchin and then boom. There's nothing that stops these people from changing in the middle of their careers to be like, I'm a Republican now. I'm a Democrat now. So it's possible. Again, at best, we live in a center right country. So apparently Manchin's objections are like the biggest the biggest issue. But there's others, apparently uh, the immigrant provisions. Uh, I'm sorry, the immigration provisions in the House pass bill. Apparently, they don't qualify for the reconciliation process. Uh, there's like unresolved dispute over uh, Senate raising the caps on tax deductibilities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, you know, there, there's layers to it, but I think uh, the mansion is the the one that makes no sense. Yeah. Like all the other, you know, these other two things I just mentioned, they make sense. You know, th- those, that makes sense. But mansion, it's like, you're just making excuses. You're just, you found any reason to go against it and get on that, get right. on that Chiron. Well, yeah, he, he talks about the price tag and it's like, well, hold on. Then he turns around and votes for what a $760 billion uh, defense authorization act for, for next year's military budget. I mean, you Which know, one of the most disgusting things about that too, for those that don't know yet, we just passed another military budget, of course, which is even bigger than the one we were talking about earlier this year. And they gave them, they allocated our money again, our funds, they gave, um, they have been, of course, Congress gave twenty eight billion more dollars than the Biden administration asked. And it's so disgusting, not just in the fact the price tag is is so high. And I understand we're we're in a new cold space war that's happening right in front of our eyes. Yay. I get all of that. Um, there's no reason why that twenty eight billion bucks that they just like gave again, because they don't want to be seen as weak, because that's a slam ad that's going to get you hurt. In 15 seconds or less, mm-hmm. that could have gone to give vaccines to the world. Mm. These vaccines, I mean, I took a test over the uh, over the holiday, and many many times now that we've been traveling, it must cost seven fucking cents. Ugh. It's a goddamn dropper mm-hmm. with it with a Q-tip, and you put it in a thing of cardboard. They're so cheap 
26 billion, 28 billion dollars would just go so far right. and help so many people. And again, as we've talked about with the current destabilization of Africa once again, mm-hmm. yeah. it's on purpose. Truly. It is. It's and a, it's almost a personal insult to them. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, that 28 billion, 26, whatever it was. Um, we're just going to give it to the bombs. <laughs> and we know we could give it to you. Yeah. We know you could probably save a bunch of lives and stuff. But then again, have you ever thought, fuck you? Okay. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, a you know, talk about interesting where these factions all lie. You know, that's something that's like, let's go and look and see who voted for that $760 billion for the military. I guarantee it's your Liz Cheney and it's your Joe Mansions, and they're right. becoming the majority, this moderate right. majority who continues to fund the institutions that, you know, they're, the progressives are like, hey, how about shoveling some of that money back to families? And then, the you know, the Trumpers are all like, well, I don't even know what they want to do with it. They probably, I want to invest in uh, chili research to make sure I'm getting all my chili nutrients. <laughs> yep. So the yeah, the uh, the law authorizes seven hundred and forty billion dollars in Pentagon spending. Again, we also have to audit the Pentagon. Uh, it's not cliche. It's not stupid. It's what was it done like 50 years ago or something like that? Where's it's been decades money? and decades. Right. I think the 70s is the last time. It's like ridiculous. If they audit American citizens every year. Just, also, you know, IRS does it. Why can't we do it to the Pentagon? Make Joe, sure Joe Manchin can go lick his own nutsack because it's like, oh, I don't want to have the trickle down effect on my <laughs> on my grandkids when it comes to the budget. And meanwhile, again, right. what's the Pentagon spending all the money on? I mean, we would ask Harry Reid, R.I.P. He'd tell you it was aliens. It's like <laughs> money won't matter to your grandchildren because you destroyed the environment, Mr. Manchin. So. Boom. And all of that is a total and complete and utter fallacy anyway. Um, and at this point, we live in a world of debt. And that's just how the modern economy works. And I don't think in our lifetime, we'll ever see a balanced budget again. Hmm. Well, I don't think so. Don't you think? I mean, I don't know when when the hell that's going to happen. Yeah. Unless we get loan, unless the federal government asks China for loan forgiveness. Oh, well, good. That'll- <laughs> oh, my God. That right there, Ben. That's Stay what tuned. we need. Stay but the question is, when it comes to the extra budget in the in the Pentagon, when it comes to the uh, $25 billion more, we're out of Afghanistan. I thought we right. were doing... Like, I, how are we spending <laughs> more now exactly. than we were when, theoretically, we just ended the longest war in American history? I thought that would... Wouldn't that mean you don't have to spend quite as much on all the military? That was the idea. That was Also, the idea. feed our fucking troops, by the way. I was talking Ooh. to an Uber driver whose uh, who's brother's a Marine. Uh, they eat like dog shit. Ugh. Give our troops food, please, and, and medical care. Like that's the other thing with the money; they don't allocate these funds to anything humane. Yep, it's like uh, the old Bill Hicks bit about the uh, the smart bombs going through the uh, shafts of a building, and couldn't we use the same technology to uh, send food to hungry people? There's a guy who needs a banana. <laughs> Whoa! Smart fruit. Well, I suppose UNICEF tried to do that, and they just destabilized an entire market. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the road to hell. But anyway, that's another interesting point for speaking of divisions for Biden and his administration and anyone. Obviously, again, it was a rock and a freaking hard place. It's like fascism or this guy that's, you know, calls people corn pop. (laughs) It was center right. So center right or fascism. That was the option. Oh, I love voting. (laughs) But for Joe, it's like, all right. Yeah, here's the biggest military budget. But again, 
because the Republican Party, I think, is playing this poorly. I think the Trumpers are playing this poorly. I think Alex Jones and I think Candace Owens are making a mistake. Not that I give a shit. They can make all the mistakes in the world as far as I'm concerned. Biden can now, he's going to be the only one talking about the vaccine. Mm. And now what are they going to do? Be like, he's spending too much on the military because they love it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just like we live in a world where certain things cross each other out and then just equals zero for the American (laughs) people. Speaking of Joe Biden, uh, there was a fella who, who Jared Schmeck. Oh, you guys hear about Schmeck? <laughs> what he a thinks Schmeck. he's cool. He thinks he's real cool. I know. <laughs> Schmeck so freaking corny, man. So this happened. Um, this is just more hot goss, really, because to be honest, I don't give a crap. Um, but Joe Biden, he was taking phone calls on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, which I actually, you know, I kind of like that. To be nice tradition. I don't mind. I don't mind corny presidential stuff. Right. Hmm. I agree. Um, it's kind of fun. You know, so anyway, this guy, uh, he gets on the phone with this kid, right? Uh, Schmeck. He's with this mm-hmm. kid. And then uh, he's talking to, and then the kid's talking to Biden, which uh, is cool. You know, I think that no matter what a sitting president, uh, the office of the president matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a powerful position. And if you're mm-hmm. a child and you have the chance to talk to a sitting president, it's you know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's of a, course. It's a once in a lifetime experience, most likely. Um, well, his father decided to act like the child. And he oh. said, let's go, Brandon, at the end of the video. He mm. gave him the old Baba Booey. <laughs> he did. He actually did. That's Baba amazing. Booey, Baba Booey. Uh, also, if you want to have a good time, YouTube C-SPAN prank calls. Because <laughs> 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 it's so early in the morning yeah. and the politicians don't want to be there. But the people that do it every day, they're so good at it. <laughs> Next on the independent line, fuck you. you could... <laughs> Next on the Democrat line, you piece of... You know, Republican uh, line coming in. They do it on the NPR too, but they're smooth about it. They, you know, they try a Let's it. Go Brandon. I love it. I love it when they get them live. It <laughs> oh, is kind of fun. But the Let's Go Brandon thing is just so corny. And I actually feel bad for the race car driver that it's named after, although I do think he's a Republican. But he said he wanted to celebrate his victory, but then he couldn't because everyone, everyone politicized his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can stop politicizing names. Ugh. You know, well, I actually feel bad for the good Karens of the world. Well, you know, the good Chads of the world, Stacey's. If they wanted to say fuck Joe Biden, just say fuck Joe Biden. This is America. This is America. Yeah. You can say that. You can, You don't need to say let's go, Brandon. This is not China. This is not Russia. Like, that's what bothered me about this. It's like you talk about freedom of speech, but you yourself are censoring yourself. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about this story, though, I, I don't understand how this man, the, the goal of this man, if I was talking to the president. And I said something like what he said, let's go, Brandon. And then the president goes, you live in Oregon, right? I would have just immediately just, I don't know, just, I guess, shit myself, Ben. I live in fear. (laughs) That's a good Um, state. That's a good state, too. Well, I have to say this. So I defended Kathy Griffin, even though she later apologized because she has no fucking back. She has no, uh, she has no, what do you call that? Spinal cord. Spine. She's in court for that currently, right? No, it's all been dropped. Whatever. I have no problem with what she did. That being said, I also don't give a shit. Like President Joe is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I always remember that. Like everyone be like, don't attack my president. President's fine. Yeah. It was funny to see people like support. And, like, you know, it did lead to a Twitter spat. And then people yelled at Schmeck. And then Schmeck was like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> and then Schmeck went on Bannon's show. And he's like, no, nah, I love Trump. But they're yelling at me. And then Bannon's like, they shouldn't be yelling at you. Meanwhile, again, <laughs> these are the same people that tried to kill right. Kathy Griffin for creating a piece of art with right. a fake severed head of Donald Trump. 
Thank God it was a kayfabe uh, head and not uh, and not the actual one, because that's, again, why we live in a fragile democratic republic as opposed to a dictatorship in a fascist state currently. So when it comes to this guy, I, I don't care. I'm also not offended by it. It's just also stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's very dumb. You know, you drive on the rural roads here in Ohio and you see a lot of the let's go, Brandon, on, uh, on they'll, you know, folks will put it say on. Say fuck Joe Biden if you want to say fuck exactly. Joe Biden. Exactly. Because everyone else just said fuck Trump. Right. So just say fuck Joe Biden yeah. if you want to say fuck Joe Biden. Who can't, like, he is the president of the United States. If he can't handle someone saying, I don't like you. Then you got to resign. <laughs> that ain't sure. the job for you. <laughs> right. And in Joe Biden's case, I remember when that one, uh, that worker got in his face one time. He was like, I'll take you outside. I'll kick your ass, Jack. Get you a push up <laughs> right. contest. Remember that old thing? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Won him the presidency. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a little hot goss when it came to the, uh, the holiday that mm. everyone had way too much time on their hands. And I don't understand why. Uh, you know, people don't just, just take a breath and just relax. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be like, I did it. I really got you. It's just <laughs> relax. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was reading a newspaper there in 1921, Christmas Eve. They also had a similar tradition where uh, they would open up the White House and anyone who wanted to could could go in. And Woodrow Wilson had discontinued it during, you know, there was a Spanish flu. There was also pandemic there mm-hmm. the, in 18, 1918. So in 1921, after a dumpy newspaper reporter named Warren G. Harding found himself oh. as president of of the United States uh, from Ohio. He he did the return to normalcy. That's what he ran on. And he reopened the White House to the Christmas Eve tradition. And five hours, people came in and shook hands with the president and every other cabinet member. And I don't remember, I think it was shortly after he did pardon Eugene Debs, the socialist candidate no who was shit. still in jail serving a sentence because he spoke out against World War One, And, uh, but for forgiving him, you got to wonder, did anyone go in there just to call Warren G. Harding, Warren G. Softing? Boom, you're roasted. Whoa, G. you got Harding. roasted. Yeah, that was uh, Travis Irvine Sr., great senior. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic comedian. Historical roast, 1920, yeah. my old pappy. Yeah, he used to put shoes on his hands and he would call himself <laughs> Handfoot. And uh, my God, would he not just publicly masturbate all over Ohio? <laughs> it's a vaudeville. Hit. So good uh, on uh, on the part of uh, of Joe Bob, Joe Bob Biden. I say good for you trying mm-hmm. to get a tradition back, having the old phoner uh, for Schmeck. Yeah, sure. It's classless, but I feel zero emotion uh, towards it whatsoever. And uh, presidents need to be strong enough to handle someone um, saying code word for fuck them um, because we've had presidents. <laughs> Uh, who took that literally, and he's just lucky that Clinton was in office. Otherwise, Schmeck would be over there getting gaped right now by old Billy Boy. <laughs> Do you think Joe Biden knows what Let's Go Brandon means? I think though. his wife does. He might be too disconnected. If I was president, <laughs> I, I don't. I would never watch television news, number yeah, one. I would exactly. read very little as far as newspaper, uh, yeah. because that's all conjecture, and you're just got to be reading stuff and be like, that's wrong. And if it's right, you're like, God damn it, they're getting close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, so it's it's going to be wrong and hyperbole, you know. Right. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, when I was running for governor in 2018, my rule was don't read the comments. I mean, it's brutal. It's it's they're always going to come and get you, Ben. You were luckier uh, running for Brooklyn Borough. Yeah, because no one commented. No one. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of the military industrial complex and the uh, Pentagon, there was a great article in The Atlantic. Won't go into great detail here, but it is uh, from Connor Friedersdorf. Hmm. And it is entitled, U.S. Drone Strikes Are Even Worse Than We Knew. And I read the article. It's really sad, but um, it's it's extremely important. Um, it talks about uh, the documents, the military's own confidential assessments of more than 1,300 reports of civilian casualties, uh, which, of course, was told to us as if the drone was a scalpel. Mm. It's the smartest way to kill people. Absolutely not. And uh, it turns out, as we all knew, if you watched the documentary Dirty Wars before Hollywood became so politicized because that was against Obama, I don't think Dirty Wars gets nominated if it was done today. Ooh. Ooh. Because the anti-war left and the anti-war right, well, the anti-war, well, what was the anti-war right? I guess the libertarian wing of the uh, Republican yeah, Party. The Ron Pauls. The Ron um, Pauls. The Tea Party movement, 2008. That coalition has been sort of forgotten about by by mainstream Hollywood elites and also right-wing psychopaths. So check out that article. It's just, it's really heartbreaking and um, it's a reminder that uh, that the U.S. drone war, everything we do overseas comes home to roost, and it's not going to be good when we look up into the sky and wish we saw clouds instead of fully armed, automated machines that, as we know, with the rise of AI, will start killing indiscriminately or based upon their algorithm. So at least they won't have any racial bias mm-hmm. or uh, or age bias. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. see you as a number. Right. And they'll oh. kill you for that reason. Honest question here. Did you truly, did you, either of you, Travis, Ben, did you either, did you really believe that drones were surgical in their nature, that all of this was like precise murder? Oh my God, no. No, no I mean, okay. I, I I mean, I don't want to speak for Ben, but as products of the Bush-Cheney administration, <sighs> you know, when we were in college and young and pissed v- off all the time. Viral. We were, we were very we were very virile. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I was always questionable of anything the military industrial complex does ever. And Connor Friedersdorf, by the way, um, has done excellent work for almost a decade now over at the Atlantic. He's consistently, even during the Obama administration, Ben, like you pointed out, when it was unpopular to speak out against the drone attacks and the you know basically the military operations of the Obama administration. You know, we were so relieved at that time that it wasn't Bush Cheney anymore. And that things in theory were getting scaled down. He did scale down our <clears throat> troops in Afghanistan and in Iraq, right. but then they ramped up the drone war. And who was behind expanding the drone war? A man named John Brennan, who now has basically his own show and mouthpiece at MSNBC. And of course, who was also going to make a lot of freaking money off of the drone war? Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's so many different freaking companies and you can see them advertised all over the television constantly because they've normalized themselves to the point where we say, yeah, of course, there's killer birds up in the sky that that lay bomb <laughs> eggs. Of mm. course, there is. What kind of world do we want to live in without the killer birds? <laughs> the What happens here, the issue is that the military, what, what, you know, someone will read this article and they'll say the military is lying to Americans. You know, the government is lying to Americans. And then they go read a vaccine article and go, 
the government is lying to Americans. And that's where the issue lies with these types of things. It's the, the government just, it, it has to be honest about certain things. It just has to be honest because otherwise you end up with a situation like what we have now. With the anti-vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A trust gap. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. So you can also invest in Northrop Grumman. Uh, their no. stocks are doing great right now. If you great. want to make some money off of people's death. I'm sure multiple senators already have those. I'm sure of that. Uh, there's also um, Lockheed Martin, as I said. So it's Northrop, it's Lockheed, it's Boeing, all of these companies that, again, advertise ad nauseum to normalize what they do. Uh, there's uh, NVIDIA Corporation, N-V-I-D-I-A. Yeah, they're a software and uh, technology company. They're crushing it right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. And, of course, not to be uh, forgotten about, there's Amazon. Mm. <gasps> so yeah. there you go. Isn't that wonderful? Of course, Amazon says they're going to give me my shampoo via drone. <laughs> oh. So that'd be good. Remember when you couldn't get shampoo? I do. <laughs> and now you can get it with a drone. Okay. That means they see us in the shower then, though. It's just sad because we're going to be old. Uh, maybe I am old. We'd be like, back in my day, we drove to the store. <laughs> you just get it from the wow. shampoo tube that Amazon installed in your house. Yeah. All right. Well, you just got to do what I do and not shampoo. That's how you get dreadlocks when you're a white person. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, speaking of large, corrupt companies, I want to talk about a story that is kind of good. Uh, the a U.S. judge, you guys hear about this with the Sacklers? Mm, mm. Yes. The, the yes. Sackler family, of course, they are... Um, the family that brought us so much wonderful death, still more than COVID, the opioid epidemic. Isn't it wonderful? We've been going through this for oh, a couple of decades now because the Sackler family promised the opioids are the safest thing you could possibly have in your body. Turns out they're a colossal poison. The Sackler family, it was former, um, a judge formerly said that they could not be sued. Mm-hmm. Now a U.S. judge has tossed the $4.5 billion deal shielding the Sacklers from the opioid uh, epidemic and from suing for the opioid epidemic. Uh, This story is just absolutely insane that they even got a judge to say you're immune to prosecution. Mm. They have killed so many people. It's insane. And then you have that truck driver, uh, that man who got 110 years for – Right. Making a wrong turn. He was totally mm-hmm. sober. His broke his brakes went out. His mm-hmm. brakes went out. It wasn't his fault at all. It wasn't his fault. Maybe he didn't make a snap decision that was correct, something like that. Right. But you're not in that position. You don't know. It's not easy to do. They gave him 110 freaking years. Mm-hmm. And now the prosecutor says they still want him to have 20 to 30 years, which I think is still too much. Maybe is a smack on the wrist. I honestly, I mean, if I died in that accident by that, maybe it's just because my dad's a truck driver. But right. if I died and I'd be like, then I'm in heaven or hell. Or just here on Earth. Mm. I heard heaven can also be a place on Earth. <laughs> I would say, you know what, dude? Not a bad man. Made right. a mistake. There's no reason to end this man's life because my life is over. It doesn't make me feel any better. It doesn't bring me back. Right. Anyway, a federal judge has now overturned a roughly $4.5 billion settlement that legally shielded members of the Sackler family who stand accused of helping fuel the U.S. Uh, opioid epidemic. The U.S. district judge is Colleen McMahon. Ooh, Colleen McMahon. I wonder if she's related to Jim from the old Chicago Bears. <laughs> uh, this is what uh, Purdue Chairman Steve Miller said in a statement. 
You can imagine this is going to be bullshit. Well, the district court decision does not affect Purdue's rock solid operational stability or its ability to produce its many medications safely and effectively. It will delay and perhaps end the ability of creditors, communities, and individuals to receive billions in value to abate the opioid crisis. So the again, mm. the only thing that trickles down is the cost to the American people. Mm. <laughs> so now the opioid business, Purdue chairman, uh, Steve Miller, he says, well, yeah, you can sue us. This is just going to hurt the customer because we're going to have to charge more now. And yeah. so did you like your rebate? I hope you liked your rebate because now those are gone. All they do is screw people over, which is why when you talk about people like AOC getting a tread with the message of more of a socialist economic worldview, you look at this late stage rampant corporate corrupt capitalism. And these are the things that people point to where it's like, well, fuck you, dude. Then fine. Let's go this way. Even though, again, I think the uh, I think the uh, the proper approach is going to be something a a bit of both. But we need to end this crony corrupt capitalism because it's destroying this country. And the fact that now Purdue Pharma is going to be able to say, well, we're not going to take the hit. Mm. We're only a multi-billion dollar corporation. We're going to have to give it to the people (sighs) that already can't afford any prescription medication, it's some insane. of which, as as we you know crap on big pharma, some of the things that they do, some proper medication is very very important, and they just kind of hang that over our heads and be like, well, do you want your diabetes medication? Yeah. Well, then you better also be down with you know everyone getting opioids ingested into their vein and nauseum when they go into the hospital for a toothache. Right, we forget about that when it comes to a big settlement. Uh, with the with yes, absolutely right. Crony capitalism, also known as crapitalism. Crapitalism. Feel free to tweet that. But my God, yeah, that's what happens. They say, okay, you're going to ping us for this. We got the same deal happening now with First Energy, with the big energy scandal here in Ohio, where First Energy paid off all the legislators to get a bailout. Right. Now they're under federal investigation. They lost their bailout, but now they're also turning off people's power. People who can't afford. The energy in the first place, because now First Energy has to basically make up loose ends. They they have a um, quarter million a quarter billion dollar settlement, two hundred fifty yeah. million dollar settlement with the federal government, and they're shutting off people's power uh, across the Midwest. Because guess what? They're gonna pay the government back with their customers' money, and uh. that's exactly it's cyclical, just like you said, Ben. I think that's called being taxed twice. Mm. Isn't that against the Constitution? Yep. I thought it was. Oh, call me just silly. I thought they weren't supposed to take all of my money every way they can. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Oh, nuts. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Merrick Garland, of course, the AG, could be on the Supreme Court right now, but it didn't happen. Uh, This is what he had to say. Uh, He says uh, in a statement about the ruling, he says the bankruptcy court did not have the authority to deprive victims of the opioid crisis of their right to sue the Sackler family. So, again, this is uh, going to open the doors for lawsuits against the Sackler family. Of course, this is probably still going to be in litigation for years to come because I'm sure they're going to appeal and do everything they can. Um, Not to mention they're currently hiding all of their money probably in the anuses of some poor people overseas or something. That's actually They're hiding all of it for sure. At this point, like Wayne LaPierre, who just decided to go to South America. Uh, that's <laughs> actually something happening with the Sacklers right now. I guess for like the past 10 years, they've been funneling money out 
Of course. You know, and that's how they mm-hmm. that's why they're trying to claim bankruptcy. And that's why all of this, all of this is is them for the past 10 years trying to avoid paying for what they did they have done. And it is going in their favor up until right now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more than 95% of the creditors in this case, predominantly plaintiffs suing Purdue mm-hmm. and the Sacklers, voted to approve the drug makers reorganization. Um, so we will see what happens with that. It is safe to say, no matter what, at some point, drug prices will go up and they will point the finger at anyone who had the audacity to attempt to receive proper compensation for these large pharmaceutical companies creating lies that led to the death of their loved ones. I have a friend right now who has a brain tumor, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny because they say it's not a tumor, but in his case, (laughs) it was. (laughs) But he's fine. Went to the hospital and uh, he got out two days ago. And he's had to wean himself off of heroin, basically. Right. Because they give you the drip. They, they just and I was a like, little button you, in there. How you doing, bro? He's like, currently, I think I'm in withdrawals. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so he's on to weed again. I was like, please, oh, God, just stick God. with weed. But he showed me his pill bottle. I mean, it's huge. He, you know, he's got like, you know, 500 fucking pills. Yeah. And I was like, you're just, please, God, I don't need to lose. We don't need to lose any more friends um, to these state-sanctioned murder pills. Right. And that's a good point that, you know, just a shout out to the legal and medical marijuana movements of the last few decades, because when the Purdue corporations and the the Sacklers and everyone, when they started pushing those pills, it was the late 90s. And it was before we really saw medical and legal marijuana start to take off as it has here in the last 10 years. So hopefully people are starting to wake up to what the real Natural medicine. If Florida wants to find God, you go roll yourself a doobie, my well, friend. that's the other crazy thing about Florida, right? You can't <laughs> legally gamble on sports, which I like to do that. And then there's no legal weed. So I'm like, how do you legalize everything dumb? <laughs> <laughs> right. And not have like two of the most fun things you can do. Get stoned and gamble on sports. people with athletic prowess. Oh, that's funny, man. That's I don't funny. know what's wrong. I really. Anyway. It's Florida. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> it's not Chinatown. It's not it's not the movie. It's Chinatown, kid. It's still supposed to be an American successful state. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's when you're that close to Puerto Rico and you just see how free Puerto Rico has it. And Florida's like, hey, they're U.S. citizens, too. Why can't we do that? You know, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I love Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico. I'm just yeah, it. And I'm going to say I used to live in the Bahamas. I think Flor- Floridians look at the Bahamas and like, man, they're so happy. Why can't we do that? <laughs> I really don't know. I really don't know. I do think people have been poisoned. Their earworms are everywhere. You can just see people regurgitating talking points. And it's amazing how people don't have any critical thought. Anyway, just lastly, I want to talk about uh, this employee right uh, case when it comes to drivers, the Amazon driver. There was a um, kind of piggybacking on our conversation from, I guess, last episode or two episodes ago. It's been so long. Uh, An Amazon driver was warned she'd be fired uh, if she returned with packages during a tornado. And this is just another reminder why we need, as I say in the live show, stronger employee rights. Amazon can afford them. 
mm-hmm. and it does not. No driver should die over any package. There's nothing. It's shit. Nothing. It's crap. Yeah. It's all gonna. You no matter how, even if it's the fanciest thing that you could ever imagine on Amazon, right? A Peloton. I don't know what else. <laughs> it's still crap. It's, it's just crap. It's not worth anyone's life. Nothing is. No, no good that we have is worth anybody's life. So an Amazon delivery driver in Illinois. She was driving, and then all of a sudden she says, meow, meow. That's my impression of a cat doing a tornado warning. <laughs> oh, um, the, cat, the, the very popular cat system, yes. That's a big one. So she calls up her dispatch and is like, yeah, man, seems like there's a uh, tornado warning, you know, and the weather's all bad, and it seems like there's going to be a tornado because of the tornado warning. And then they say if she comes back with any of the packages in her truck, she's going to be fired. Um, so of course she continues driving because that's how desperate these people are. It literally is like the Russians in WW2, the Russian farmers with the guns to the back of their heads. So they continue to fight the, you know, the Nazis. Mm. She has a corporate gun to the back of her head. So she says, okay, I need the money. Just keep delivering. They told her. And then sure enough, within about 10, 15 minutes, they were like, you're going to want to shelter in place Mm. uh, because there's a tornado there. And she's like, yeah, I know. That's why I wanted to come back. Oh my God. This is according to the dispatcher. They say, if you decide to come back, that choice is yours. But I can tell you it won't be viewed as for your own safety. The safest practice is to stay exactly where you are. And, of course, the uh, the Amazon facility wasn't a safe haven either um, because, of course, that was also where people died. So it's just – it's unbelievable. And if you are a person trying to make ends meet, working at Amazon or that truck driver who made a mistake and is looking at 110 years um, – Man, it's just, I wonder why people are hesitant to go back to work. Right. You treat it like dog shit for no freaking money. Mm. I mean, my little brother is at Burger King now. It's nine bucks an hour and it's just. Uh, in, in Texas, right? Yeah. It's, it's like Burger wage. King, Burger King. Uh, right. So literally, literally Burger King. Yeah. Well, that's what they keep saying. It's not a, a there's not a worker shortage. It's just a good quality People being treated well and wanting to do a job uh, that that has gone away. So I think, you know, these stories are so heartbreaking. I I really hope the positive that comes out of this is that workers, they have more leverage. That's, you know, that's kind of what a lot of the economists are saying now is that we this is a workers economy, but we have to continue to fight for it and make it so. You know, I I saw Bernie Sanders tweet the other day. It's like, if you want to unionize with your fellow workers, your boss should not be allowed to intimidate everyone out of doing that. Absolutely that's a, not. That's basic logic, basic common sense. It's part of this country. I think I said it when we were talking about the candle workers a few weeks ago, the same episode. If you're a free market person, you should also be all about people having the right to unionize if they want to. Absolutely. All right. And just lastly, uh, there won't be any charges against former Governor um, Andrew Cuomo. Westchester, the DA says they won't pursue criminal charges. Mm. Um, But then they kind of like, but then they're like, but the accounts are credible. So he's just, um, (sighs) you know, whatever. They said the the, uh, allegations are credible and deeply troubling. Well, you're not not that troubling, I guess. Um, And then also in a good, in good news, when it comes to um, responsibility within our police force, of course, on the heels of that horrible story in Los Angeles, where that 14 year old girl was uh, just in a dressing room. 
a cop shot at a dude or a chick. I think she had what? Um, a bike lock. A bike lock on her. And then the bullet, because when you fly a bullet, it's not like, again, who framed Roger Rabbit. They don't have little personalities and they aren't like, I wonder where I want to go. And then I hope I find a bad person. Because mm-hmm. uh, this bullet found a 14-year-old girl who was just changing in her in the dressing room. Um, and again, there was no reason for, for cops to, uh, to, to shoot. use uh, you know force in that way. Whatever. Um, but a uh, Kim Potter, the woman who uh, shot and killed Dante Wright, this is the the gal in, in, in Minneapolis. Of course, this happened as the Chauvin trial was going on, or at least the Chauvin uh, – I, I think the trial was going on at this point. Yeah, it the was. Earliest the national was, yeah. conversation was happening, mm-hmm. and he had already been detained. But yeah, I believe the trial was happening. Uh, she was found guilty um, of all counts, and uh, I think this is a good thing. Um, it's the second high-profile conviction of a police officer uh, this year. This was uh, Attorney General Keith Ellison. Of course, Keith Ellison, not a squeaky clean guy himself, but nonetheless, in this case, when it comes to cleaning up police departments across this country, hopefully Minneapolis sends a chilling effect to officers who are trigger-happy. Obviously, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens to the officer who shot and killed that 14-year-old girl. Uh, this was uh, something that I think the people need I know there was a lot of people who were surprised with the Kim Potter verdict. Uh, there was manslaughter charges that she was found guilty of. But I think this is a step in the right direction when it comes to community policing. And we can't just have people with the badge. It's a lot of power, man. Once they cuff you, once they approach you, you're screwed if they want you to be. No. Uh, they just can't go confusing guns for tasers or shooting random ARs off. In um, what was that place in L.A.? I think it was a TJ Maxx or something. It was like a that. Burlington Coat Factory. Burlington it's Coat. right by where we record, which is really scary. You know, Ooh, just, fantastic. You, I mean, what I I shop there, Ben. I literally I shop there. So it's just crazy to think about. And in that case specifically, um, you know, the the environment is changing. The climate is changing because they have ruled uh, this killing as a homicide based on the police body cam video that was right. released. So, you know, uh, think about 10 years ago, 20 years ago about a cop being charged with homicide. Right. Absolutely would not happen. Absolutely would not happen. Well, and and with Kim Potter's case, I mean, I remember us talking about that whole thing a a few months ago, earlier this year, and how we just like, how do you confuse a taser with a gun? And, you know, I guess fortunate part about the the jury system, the jurors didn't buy it either. It's just too unbelievable to believe. Exactly. And of course, she kind of called it after shooting uh, Dante Wright. And again, I'm not getting into the same way I didn't do it with the... um, with the, the Rittenhouse BS, I don't care about who the victim is um, as far as what they were like as a person. Mm. This is because, right. again, nothing is a death sentence. We don't live in the world of Judge Dredd. Right. Although if I got pulled over by Sylvester Stallone, I would say you can do whatever you want. Oh. <laughs> He's a little guy, though. He's weird. He's old. Uh, Potter <laughs> says, fuck, I just shot him. I grabbed the wrong fucking gun. Moments later, she says, well, I'm going to go to prison. So she is. Uh, she has been... Uh, the maximum prison sentence for first degree manslaughter is 15 years. So she'll, she, I, I don't believe that she will get 15. Uh, but then again, what the hell do I know when it comes to what's going on in this courtroom? It is possible. I suppose that she does. I would assume she gets slightly, slightly less. But anyway, so that's good news from the perspective of criminal justice reform and from the perspective of, you know, civilian police forces treating civilians like civilians. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no reason why Dante Wright uh, should be dead. 
And of course, he made a mistake by speeding off there. But there's a lot of ways that you can find people. I make mistakes every day. Do you? Yeah. I mean, don't you? Mm, I haven't had a steak in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We got him. Yeah, I got him. They said I couldn't do it, but I got him right towards the end there. You got me. 2021. Mixed bag. Mixed bag, Ben Gizzle. I almost made it out. Almost. Yeah, you got hit. You got pretty good. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to grab my taser. I grabbed my gun. Shot him dead. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later on this week uh, with our predictions for 2022. Ooh. It's going to get so much better. Whatever <laughs> happened to that campaign, it gets better. We got. I think they. Uh, that was mostly for gay kids. I think yeah, and then, it gets better, yeah. but then it. Uh, but then we realized it really doesn't. It doesn't it, though. It's it's so it's just worse. a bunch of lies. It's harder and harder every day. <laughs> I'm gonna go find all the celebrities that told me it was going to get better. Yeah. Like, does it feel can feel better now? <laughs> Anything, Travis? Uh, yeah. 2021 mixed bag. 2022 is going to be even mixier. Uh, but you got to count your blessings where you got them. Ten years ago, Ben, I made an Occupy Wall Street video, and I joined oh. you and Marcus in a little broom closet in the basement of a Mexican restaurant, and you had me on top hat for the very first time. And now here we are. So looking forward to doing more good work with you folks. And thanks to all the listeners. So many listeners popped up at our screenings of yeah. Ed's documentary and Killer Raccoons, too. You listeners are the best. And so we're just going to keep trying to do a good job for you guys. I hope so. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. 